0: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See Site for details.
1: The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here.
0: The face of HIV is so diverse.
1: The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today.
2: Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment,
0: do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, everyone. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out... One hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK.
2: Hey Rush Nation, we are back. This is Fast Action Friday with me, Pitsy and of course Sam and Rob. Hey buddy, how's your week been?
3: Yeah, it's been good. Um, it feels quite strange thinking that there's going to be uh, a review on Thursday Night Football coming up. We missed that last week. Um, I quite enjoyed the double header. What about yourself?
2: Yeah, Monday night having that ten o'clock game was uh, was great. Usually, it's a case of waking up on Tuesday morning and trying to get the the highlights. But yeah, getting a ten o'clock game, I was able to watch most of the game anyway, so that was, that was great. Great news. We should have more of those. I think so as well. Sweet. Uh, right, let's go straight into it. This is the fast action Friday, so let's make it fast. Injury mm-hmm. report straight up. Um, the first player that we've got on this is Mark Ingram. He left early in the game against the Eagles. Um, his MRI found a mid-to-high ankle sprain. So not not something to be concerned over for the full season, but it's definitely going to keep him out um, a, wh- a while. Anyway, Gusset Edwards and J.K. Dobbins came over and took took the game for them. Uh, what else have we got?
3: So Dobbins and Edwards actually both got the highest carry number of the season in that game. So Dobbins got nine and Edwards got 14, which now, for Dobbins, it doesn't seem like a lot, but unsurprisingly, there's been a lot of other players there who've been taking the, the volume. Incidentally, it's hard to have a little bit of optimism with those two taking over just because of the timing of the bye weeks. Obviously, there's been a shift with all the COVID changes, and now Baltimore have got their bye week this week. Um, so it's likely that Ingram could be back in week eight, and again, we'll be back to a situation where they're eating each other's carries, and unfortunately there might not be any fantasy value there until an injury takes one out. It's you know, it's tough to say that, but that is the case. And they are playing the Steelers when they come back as well, who as as you know, they are hard on running backs. Kareem Hunt found that out last week. Um so we'll just have to see what happens there. But unfortunately, it might not be the best timing for Dobbins and Edwards to get, you know, their look in the team.
2: Yeah, I'll be interested in how the Steelers come up against a running quarterback. Um, the running backs, they've kind of been stifled quite a lot by the Steelers' D and it's been pretty hot. But yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson's a completely different ballgame really, isn't he? So he, having him to kind of think about might help the uh, the Ravens with their running back situation against the Steelers' D, but I suppose we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Indeed. Okay, so the next player up is Miles Sanders. This is bad news for quite a few of my leagues. His knee injury against the Ravens meant he was not coming back to the game. If it was Mur- Murph talked about it in his waivers. It was making sure that uh, if it was just a bruise or something, you probably would have seen him finish off the game, but he did not return, so bad news.
3: Yeah, and the fact that they haven't actually released the results of any scans yet does raise some questions. Uh, a lot of medical-based Twitter accounts theorise about what the issue could be. Uh, could it have been a meniscus injury? Could it be a ligament injury? None of the scenarios have Sanders returning anytime soon, so not great news for the Eagles. Uh, he didn't practice Tuesday Wednesday. Doug Pedersen said he's not going to play uh, for a while Boston Scott is the next man up. Uh, I covered him in the Stats and Shares articles earlier this year before the season started, and I was quite impressed with how he performed in the 2019 season. But this year, he just hasn't hit the same heights as he did coming into the team, which has been a little bit disappointing for anyone who picked him up. You never know, perhaps Sanders' absence will allow him to get back into a bit of groove that he, he seemed to be missing this season. Regardless, Corey Clement and Jason Huntley will be the backups in this game, so we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. The Giants' defence, as we know, came off a great performance against the Washington football team last week. However, they do still rank in the bottom 10 for conceding fantasy points against running backs.
2: Yeah, no, it will be interesting. The uh, good thing about my a couple of my leagues, I actually picked up Sanders as a, a very late, draft pick so sorry not Sanders uh Boston Scott so I've Mm. got a couple of couple of Sanders and Scott in the same team which is I was expecting Sanders not to play the full 16 but maybe not quite this early
3: yeah so it's always been good to have him as that backup you know good handcuff to have
2: yeah and he's he's not a, a bad little player either so hopefully he'll uh he'll just slot straight in and he'll be okay and get me some some good points fingers crossed um Unfortunately, we've got another Philly player going down. This time it's Zach Ertz. He has been diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. In fact, uh, just as we we're about to record this, I had a couple of notifications saying he's going to be out three to four weeks, so not good.
3: No, and especially since they lost Alex Goddard earlier in the year as well. That's put a real spanner in, you know, the two-tight end game that they used to be playing. Um, there is speculation that Goddard could come back before Ertz, but there's going to be some overlap time when both of them are out. Um I did mention Richard Rodgers on the matchup pod a couple of weeks ago, um, and he would have been a good stash. But actually, he will actually see some fantasy relevance now. I said actually quite a few times in, uh, he's been getting a steady flow of targets. He actually saw three with Ertz in the team, uh, and considering Ertz got ten targets before he left the game, and with the gaps at wide receiver, I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that Rodgers could see. Double those targets this week against the Giants.
2: Yeah, I think um, that well, right, everything's up for grabs in that <laughs> that passing attack. I don't think uh, anyone really knows who or what receiver is going to be catching the ball week to week at the moment with so many people mm-hmm. out. So yeah, one to watch. Uh, all right, next one up we've got Raheem Mostert again. Unfortunately, he's in my team. Not that you need to know that, but <laughs> he left the game versus the Rams with another lower body injury. So, again, it was a high ankle sprain for him.
3: Yeah, such a shame because he has been supreme when he's been available. And, obviously, he just came back. So, to have one game, one and a half games of production before sitting out again, it's it's not good for him. Or fantasy owners. You know, it's been very unreliable. Uh, with Tevin Coleman still out as well, Jared McKinnon is next in line. Uh, however, I, I still think the jury's still out on whether McKinnon can support the team as a lead back. He's had a few games And those stats haven't been outstanding. Um, So the man up after that is Jermichael Hasty. You know, he's another player who could benefit from the most injury. He came in as a secondary back last week and rushed nine times for 37 yards, which is a great return. So it's going to be a good battle between those two who can see who can come out on top. I think Kyle Shanahan may have to go with a hot hand approach if Hasty turns out to be that viable threat to the position. But, you know, for... For the Forty ers having that competition can't be a bad thing.
2: No, uh, you saw how uh, how well their team turned it around last week to get the win. Mm, um, Shanahan knows how to kind of get the the play calls right for the players that he's got, no matter who and what what background they've had before. They'll uh, he'll he'll make a way of making it work. So yeah, just depends on, like you say the hot hand who he's going to go with. Mm. All right, next up we've got Baker Mayfield. He had a torrid time against the Steelers, intercepted twice, sacked a few times, really hurt. His, his uh, suspected rib injury just got worse and worse, so they pulled him out, whether that was because he was playing rubbish or whether it, I think they turned around and said it was just because they didn't want him to get hit again. He was getting pounded. So.
3: Yeah, he really was. And there was a few times where the camera kind of stayed on him while he was on the floor, just a bit slow to get up. Um, he was limited at Wednesday's practice, and Stefanski has said that Baker will remain the starter if he's healthy. That is likely to happen, partially because the Cincinnati is a more favourable outfit than the Steelers D. You know, <laughs> Steelers D are very frightening for anyone to play against. <laughs> I think we can all agree there.
2: Yeah, they absolutely hammered him. Like there was just no protection for him; he just get got hit left, right, and centre. So yeah, since they I think they they'll still get to him, but not quite as as uh, mm. as a as hard as the Steelers' defence did yeah. anyway. They ain't got a right lot behind Baker, so they kind of need him. He, he played all right. He's, he still can throw it. He's just trying to get him through those, those, uh, those downs and hope that he doesn't kind of keep on hurting it, really.
3: Mm, yeah.
2: Okay, Rob. Our next segment is weak points. Uh, like last week, this is where we look at the teams who have given up the most yards and touchdowns to a certain position. Hopefully, this helps you decide whether you want to have your players from their opponents in your starting lineups. So, who's up first, Rob?
3: So, last week we talked about the Atlanta Falcons being the team that gave away the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They remain at the top, even after the win against the Vikings. I mean, we thought it could have been a different story. They seemed to shore up really well against Cousins. They Kept them scoreless in the first half. A few picks against them, in, including one of the first plays of the game. You know, shocking. Um, But the second half comeback from Minnesota meant three more touchdowns on their, on their sheet, two more two-point attempts, and 343 more yards tacked on. So they stay quite a distance at the top at the moment. Um, They face the Lions this week, though. Still not... Promising, to be honest. The Lions did score three Russian touchdowns last week against the Jags. So this could be a closer game. And this does open up a passing attack option for the Falcons. Um, Incidentally, they have been the second worst fantasy points for tight end. And TJ Hogginson has been the biggest target share of any Lions players so far. And four receiving touchdowns have gone to tight ends. So as we know, the tight ends get the points. So do the quarterbacks. Um, they've also been the sixth worst against wide receivers as well and three wide receivers for the Lions. have already seen over 20 targets this year. So that's Golladay, Amendola and Marvin Jones. So two positions who fare fairly well from the passing attack. The Atlanta Falcons don't do very well against. So it's going to be a, a tough time for that defence once again.
2: Yeah, tough one for the Falcons. to. Well, they played quite well last week, so we'll see. Okay, so most fancy points to the running back. Uh, we had the Cal Iron Panthers. They've now dropped to fourth. Texans got decimated by Derrick Henry and the Titans. And then the drop below the Raiders on average points. The new leader is now Green Bay Packers, which is quite surprising as you, considering Green Bay have been ahead in most of their games, that they've mm-hmm. not really faced uh, a runner late in the game. As a result, the carries they have faced have been much lower than other teams, even those on bye weeks. The damage has been done by a combination of different factors. They have conceded seven Russian touchdowns, tied for second worst, with several other teams running back. have also had great success against them in the catching game. 34 of 39 targets were completed, and that's led to a high number of receiving yards and two touchdowns for the position, which is amongst the worst in the league. These stats aren't mind-blowing, and there are other teams that have got worse numbers than these categories. However, this is based upon the average of five games rather than six, so brings the average fancy points up, which is why the Raiders have also risen to second.
3: Yeah, so it's likely that once more teams have had their bye weeks, it's probably going to even out. And it's just unfortunate that Green Bay have had one of their first bye weeks. So that's why they've risen a bit higher up.
2: Yeah, their opponents this week are Houston Texans. David Johnson scored a touchdown against the Titans last week, and the players seem to be benefiting from having somebody else call their plays. The Sean Watson has been allowed to make the big plays, and the Texans have been more competitive as well, so securing the, scoring their two highest points totals in the week since Ob's, oh sorry, Bob's uh, departure, mm-hmm. keeping the Texans in the game may allow the rushing the volume. So, however, the Texans don't possess a proper patch catching back, so they may not be able to find that some. Same success that previous teams have had. Regardless, it's something to keep an eye on.
3: Yeah, um, Duke Johnson and David Johnson, they don't get as many targets uh, as other running backs would. So it's going to be difficult to see if they can make the same moves in that area. Um, however, you know, the Packers, it's going to be a, an interesting game. Like I said, it's all about the game script. And if uh, Rogers has a better game, than he did last week against the books, then this may not even be a factor. You know, the Green Bay Packers may not even face the volume we're expecting. So let's have a look at the most fantasy points to wide receivers. And last week it was the Seahawks. They were on the bye week and nothing's really changed. The Seahawks are still top of the list. Even with the average being brought up due to the lower number of games that they've played, I still think they'd be top of the list, even if they played the same number of games. The Vikings have closed the gap. Matt Ryan laid an absolute smackdown on their defense last week, but Seattle are still over 200 points ahead of the Minnesota team in second place. They've got the Cardinals this week, and Kyler Murray feels the benefit of getting a huge lead against the Cowboys last week. gave him a, a gave him a tough time with the running, but they still managed to bag two touchdowns to wide receivers. I felt like D Hop was closed down really well against the Cowboys, but there is a notion that he's going to explode against the Seattle secondary if Seattle haven't sorted out their, their coverage. They've brought in some new players to fill the positions and hopefully quality gaps get filled as well. But you've got d up. You know, we know what he's like. It's going to be a real baptism of fire for any new players who fit in this week. And you, you got got to remember as well that Andy Isabella has got the potential with a high ceiling for his deep threat ability. And Christian Kirk is coming off a two touchdown week. We've not even mentioned Larry Fitzgerald as well. So there's four potential players there uh, who could see an amazing game against the Seahawks if they haven't sorted it out this week. Um, The second place Vikings are on a bye week and the Cleveland Browns are 300 yards behind. So unless the Browns have a disaster against the Bengals, it's likely that we're going to be talking about the Seahawks again
2: next week. (laughs) Well, this all bodes well for my wide receivers, who uh, <laughs> we might end up talking about them a little bit later, but yeah. Oh, is that a little bit of a hint
1: there?
2: Ooh. <laughs> little, uh, little hint, yes. Anyway, we'll go on to the most fantasy points to tight ends So that is the New Orleans Saints. Saints were on a bye week last week, so we've highlighted the Bills as one of the worst teams against the tight ends as well. And Travis Kelsey scored two touchdowns against them. Despite mm-hmm. that, Saints still top the list based upon the five-game average. Covering those stats again, the Titans have had 54 targets against the Saints. 37 of those were completed with 367 yards and six touchdowns. They face the Panthers this week. Ian Thomason, Chris Manertz, the main players in the position, haven't been used as major players in the passing game, but targets are going to wide receivers, and running back.
3: Yeah, uh, I don't see Carolina changing the game plan either, um, even though the Saints are weak in that area you have had teams who have also been weak against the tight end play the Panthers already, and they still haven't passed to Thomas or Manhurts as much as you would expect. So it's worth remembering that the Saints are weak in that position, and I'm wondering whether Joe Brady will consider those stats when organising his play calling for this week. Although it really comes down to Teddy's progression during the game, he's got his people that he likes to look at first, you know, Anderson, uh, Moore, Davis... Uh, whether or not Thomas and Manhurts come into that equation it is another thing, but we'll, we will have to see. Nice. So um, we have got our segment from last week where we talked about the game before the name. Uh, you had yourself uh, Preston Williams last week. So how did he do?
2: All right. Well, I, it's, it's all about the long game with Williams, but that's not what people want to hear, is it? He caught <laughs> two of three balls. So, uh didn't get a right lot of targets that was thrown his way. He got 18 yards, so not a big day at all. He did manage to save his, his day a little bit with a touchdown, um, but that's now three touchdowns in the last four games. So that's that's a good side of things. Uh, the game script just didn't allow for it. They had already kind of got up uh, with the lead. The running game was doing all right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Miami just didn't need to pass in the second half of the game against the Jets. So yeah, he did okay. Yeah. I think uh, going forward with Tua, there's potential... I think Tua likes to roll out to the left now with him being a left-handed thrower. And Williams does sit on the left quite a few times, so hopefully it'll be uh, mm. thrown his way uh, with Tua in the mix now.
3: It sounds like you need some closer games where they can just shoot the ball out and Williams gets that volume.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. hopefully that connection with Tua is going to be something good. We'll see. Mm. It's it's hard to tell now with the new, new quarterback coming in. I, I still know. love Williams though, so...
3: We'll have to see after the bye week.
2: My new player this week, okay, let's see how you get on with this one. Uh, He has had 39 targets with 22 receptions. So, not a huge amount, but he's still got five touchdowns off that Mm -hmm. with a healthy 496 yards, averaging 22.5 yards per reception. So, big big numbers. Mm. Uh, Yards before the catch is 17.1, so he's running a lot before he catches the ball. Big bombs down the field, although he's still averaging a nice 5.4 after the catch as well. He's picked up 19 first downs for his team, and he's on the field for almost every snap, and he's getting about 96% of the snap count. Uh, This week he's going up against a D that has allowed 1,489 receiving yards as well, so potential big game.
3: Ooh. 39 targets over five or six games. That is quite a large number. Um, A lot of yards as well. Have you by any chance written about this person? (laughs)
2: Yeah, a little bit.
3: A little bit. So, narrows it down a little
2: bit. In fact, I had a a nice article about it last week, which will definitely give away to you.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, Well, for the people at home, who is that person?
2: Metcalf. So, DK Metcalf. I am. All about him this year. He's already showing why I thought about it before the season started, how he's going to get more targets coming his way. And he's the big bomb down the field, he's he's got such a a big catch radius. He's just, yeah, he's fast. Mm. He
3: certainly is. He's a big favourite of mine as well.
2: Right, Rob, you had Landry last week. How did he get on?
3: So Landry actually had the best stats in terms of targets and yards from the wide receivers. For the Browns, he got five targets, three receptions, only 40 yards. He didn't get a touchdown, though, um, so that keeps his barren streak going for another week. Although the touchdown was picked up by another wide receiver, so it does show that the the targets were available for the position. He just didn't seem to get it going against, uh, against the Steelers which is a shame because they, they were passing the way back into the game as well. And as we know, Mayfield just couldn't get the time to get anything off either. So a tricky time. I felt like it was the best pick out of the Browns. Um, the results just didn't go my way, unfortunately. Um, we have a new player, though, this week. So see if you can get this one. So the new player, he is averaging 7.6 targets a game since week two. He has the highest target count in the last three games for his team. The highest average yards per reception on the team across all games. He has scored multiple touchdowns already this season, so we have chosen someone this week who has actually scored. Um, <laughs> however, he is below 50% rostered in ESPN leagues, and he is playing a team this week that has conceded multiple touchdowns to this position when that team play away from home.
2: So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's a Am I right in saying it's a tight end? I feel like it's a tight end.
3: Keep going. Keep keep talking. I'll, I won't tell you if it's right or not, but keep having a think about it. Go on.
2: Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know this one.
3: This is T Higgins. Oh, uh, OK. Um, so he has seen a huge increase in his target share in the last few weeks. You know, he did, I think he had his biggest target share in the, one of the last two weeks. And yes, they are playing the Browns away from home. So another Browns player, another uh, Browns-based player to think about. Um, Incidentally, T. Higgins is $5,300 on DraftKings. DK Metcalf is $7,200 on DraftKings. So if you're thinking about slotting him into your lineups, then that is the price that you have got to play with at the
2: moment. Right. So I actually had a look at him. uh, There was a, a league that didn't have a right lot of players, Used, and he was actually on the waivers, and I actually looked at getting him, but decided against it this week, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. have to prove that pick. Yeah. Right, Rush Nation, like last week, we are finishing today on Rob's Friday fade. How did last week go, and who are we fading this week?
3: So last week, I chose Kareem Hunt against the Steelers, and as we have said, you know, Mayfield had a tough time, so did Kareem Hunt. He got only 40 rushing yards off 13 carries and only 17 yards of two receptions, which goes with what I said about not targeting running backs as much when they are, when you're playing the Steelers. Uh, so hopefully he has a bit of a bounce-back game this week. I have taken a bit of a gamble with this one, especially after what happened on Monday night. So my Friday fade this week is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which is quite <laughs> a surprise.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and... It's going to be quite a surprise, especially as I put Chiefs in Find the Gap in week six, and they smashed it, absolutely smashed it. Um, As I said in there, I think it was the highest rushing return for the Chiefs in Andy Reid's tenure. So that shows how much they did against the Bills. Um, But in the article, it also covered the different reasons why the Chiefs would find success against the Bills, because the Bills haven't been great in the rush uh, defence. And in my opinion, Denver are actually a different proposition to Buffalo. And the Denver team dealt really well with Cam Newton and the Patriots on Sunday. And it echoed what the thought was about Denver when I mentioned them in the Matchups podcast. They are tough against the run. They are actually third best behind San Francisco and the Steelers. And in terms of yards conceded, they have conceded the fourth fewest. Against running back runs. So, already we're starting to see some big stats that are going in favor of the Denver defense here. They've only conceded one rushing touchdown to running backs as well. So, that makes it even trickier for anyone to get in. They are joint second behind the Chargers. um, So, the Chargers haven't conceded any yet. Uh, And they are tied with the Ravens and Patriots for only conceding one rushing touchdown. That number continued against the Patriots none of those running backs got in you had Rex Burkett who was shut out as well they stopped Derek Henry from getting a touchdown when they played him and not many teams can say that they've done that this season yeah so as we know Cam Newton got the touchdown and he's a quarterback Patrick Mahomes might be the one to run in and sneak it in and of course we've got Lev Bell who was signed with the Chiefs as well you know, he's going to cannibalise a lot of the goal line carries because they just don't seem to trust Edwards Heller at the moment. Either they're bringing in Williams who got the touchdown this week. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens within that 20 yard line. Now they've got a running back like left bell there. Uh, so even if the Broncos do concede touchdowns from running backs, the likelihood of it being Clyde and scoring, they've already been halved before you consider those struggles. So, like I said, quite a controversial pick for a Friday fade, especially like after last week's success. But, you know, that's you've got to aim big. You've got to go for the stars for this one. And that's what I'm doing two weeks in.
2: Yeah, no, I, I like this. I think even if the uh, Chiefs get um, higher upon the score and have the ability to run it, I think they're potentially going to let Bell have a little play and see how he gets on as well. So like his, his touches are going to be reduced. So I like that. I like that pick. That's good. There you have it, Rush Nation. If you haven't already, make sure you go check out the Five Yard Rush website where we have so much content out there right now. Rob, the Tower of Power is relatively new. That's out. Uh, tell Rush Nation what that is.
3: So this is a collaborative piece between myself and yourself, as well as Josh. Um, we have a look at the top 20 fantasy relevant players for half PPR scoring. Um, So we look at like the top six quarterbacks and then we factor in other positions and how effective their point scoring goes against other players in their position. So you might see uh, running backs and wide receivers higher up than they would be in rankings, but that's because they have helped teams win matchups against other players in their position. Uh, And then we've also, at the end of the article, put in the top five players at each position so top five quarterbacks top five running backs wide receivers tight um it's just a nice way to go into the week so you can see who's done well especially those surprising players we had uh chase claypool a couple of weeks ago we had derrick henry at the top this week not to release any spoilers but that comes out uh tonight on recording so you'll have seen that by the time you listen to this um and it seems to be working really well it's it's bringing up uh, a lot of people who uh, have been surprised about where players are finishing, so the feedback has been good.
2: Nice, yeah. And we've got Nerf stats. This article is out there. there? Um, Lockdown Con from Stocks is out there now too. Mm-hmm. So much, inf- so much information to help you with your weekend matchups. And if uh, the masses of content hasn't covered an issue on your team, then don't forget you can still hit up the team on five, at Five Yard Rush on Twitter. Rob, where can they find you?
3: So I have changed my handle from last week. It is now at Five Yard Rob, so easier to put in.
2: Nice, love it. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter too, at PitsyNFL. Rob, this has been a belt. A cheers, buddy.
3: Yeah, cheers, Pitsy. Uh, well, Rush Nation, good luck this weekend. And until next time, keep pushing.